everybody welcome to another episode of the local youth worker this is number 406 and i'm here with linda oliver linda how's it going going well john good to see you we are at uh, laguna beach for our middle school florida conference which the day that this airs will be starting high school florida one um as we're recording this too, Kurt Cooper might be joining us. Uh, he was supposed to be here, and I'm not throwing him under the bus. Um, when you're at these weeks, all sorts of things come up, so there's no telling if he's dealing with a student, um, if he's you know in a tournament he didn't know about. Uh, but yeah, he might be joining us. And I do have to say too, I don't know if my voice is going to hold out. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, how's your voice holding up? I mean, you've been teaching all week. Yeah, no, mine mine has been okay. I needed to drink some water to get through today, but yeah. it's been okay. Yeah, it's the, the last day of electives, mm-hmm. the voice starts to, to go out. Um, so we'll see if, if mine lasts. But I just said you're teaching an elective here. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell our listeners what you're teaching? Yeah, so I did an elective that I called the story of rest. And um, I called it that because what I did is I took the topic of rest and I traced it through the biblical storyline of creation, fall, redemption, and the final restoration. Um, And it's something that I had previously taught for a fall retreat um, last October for high school students, um, because that was just what we were really seeing that our high school students needed to hear about. And so this time I had to kind of repackage it. Now I had repackaged pieces of it before for a high school chapel and then a middle school chapel at a um, Christian school that's attached to our church in Florida. Um, So I had done that once before with pieces of it for middle school students. Um, But this time I had to figure out how do I repackage the whole, what used to be a four, four part thing into three longer parts, but more interactive for middle school students. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, I was just talking a little while ago to a couple of other youth workers, um, <clears throat> who also were teaching classes and, uh, we're all saying, you know, it's one thing to teach these classes to high schoolers because all these mm-hmm. people have been teaching to high schoolers too, but then you come here, it's middle school and it's just, it's, it's obviously different and different applications, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Because I am curious just how you're teaching rest to middle schoolers, because that just, I mean, that's such a vitally important topic. We know they need to be educated on that, but, you know, how was it resonating with them? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you yeah, try to communicate mm-hmm. that to them? Yeah, I think it is more challenging. Um, I had to make it more kind of engaging and use funnier illustrations, right? <laughs> right. And... Um, yeah, definitely changed some of my illustrations. I was like, that's just not going to work. It's a reference to a wedding gift. Let's talk about cow poop instead. (laughs) Um, But I think one of the um, big things was I just needed to define rest for them at the beginning. Um, I think one difference I kind of anticipate between high school and middle school students is high school students are a lot more easily going to resonate with the idea that they feel exhausted and need Mm -hmm. more rest. Um, And so I kind of thought like, well, there's, there's a piece of it that they're not going to resonate with as deeply kind of no matter what, but let's go ahead and define rest broadly and help them see how God designed us for rest. And so the first day um, I just started out with a discussion of what is rest. Like when I say that, what comes to mind, or if someone said, I need rest, what do you think that they, mean by that 
And of course they started listing out things like, oh, well, sleeping or napping or just like chilling out on the couch, doing nothing. Those were kinds of a lot of the answers. Um, and I, I defined it kind of as uh, ceasing from striving, mm. but like holistically, like not just physically, also in like mental and spiritual and emotional and like all those different kind of capacities. Yeah. Um, and I said, biblically, it has a purpose where it refreshes us. Um, and once I kind of talked about that and I said, hey, that means it can include things like play and leisure. Then I asked them again, like, so what would be some other things that you would like add to this list based on that definition? Like, what are other things that could be rest? And that's when they start listing out like, oh, it means like going outside. It means playing sports. It mm -hmm. means um, like reading or doing pottery or baking. Like they listed off so many different things or like dancing and um, video games, playing an instrument, like uh, it, ju it just went on and on. And they started to see, okay, rest can be a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And it's something that refreshes me. And so I think at that point, hopefully the middle schoolers begin to see, okay, it's not just this sense of like, gosh, I feel so tired and I need to sleep, but it's also like, oh, this like stuff that energizes me that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, life would be different if I didn't have all those things. I feel like I really do need that. Yeah. Um, so we started from there and then because I traced it through the biblical storyline and the first lesson, I really get to lay out like, Hey, here's how God designed rest, like to be part of how we thrive. Hmm. And that really kind of sets the foundation for, even if they don't kind of deeply resonate with it, the way that high school students do, they at least see like, you can't take rest out of God's design hmm. and it all still work. Like it doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's so cool to think about that. I mean, um, as I've said, kind of with the other classes, it's just always encouraging for me to think about you know a group of middle schoolers sitting in that class and hearing what you're saying because I mean I'm thinking of when I was a middle schooler, mm -hmm. like rest wasn't even I mean it's something I, I knew I went to sleep at night and I mean but I never gave thought to it and never gave mm -hmm. any kind of thought to the Bible speaking about it and the theology of rest and and all of that and so just you know, whatever these kids walk away with, just, I mean, that alone to now have a category to, to think mm -hmm. about God's design for rest and to think it's broader than just taking a nap, falling asleep. Um, I don't know. It's just, just encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. um, did you have any comments from students, any feedback, any uh, leaders um, asking you questions, anything else? Yeah, it, you know, with middle school students, I think the way they respond to it varies so much because some of them I would think are coming from families where they actually do rest really well and they're, mm. they still get to be kids and play a lot. And then other ones come from settings where they already are overscheduled and stuff. And so I did have a few students when I would ask questions um, during the class, they would speak up and say, yeah, well, one of the ways that like I'm depleted of rest is we had like some substitute teachers this year that gave us tons of homework and we would only get five hours of sleep at night because mm. we were doing so much homework. And wow. I mean, middle school. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's crazy. And I have seen more and more um, in middle schoolers I have worked with that pressure to like get the right grades and stuff for their resume, like to get into college. Somehow it's already creeping down into middle school mm. more and more. 
Um, and I could tell when I said things like that, or I referred to like, Hey, like you, you're probably starting to feel it a little bit now, but you'll feel it more and more in high school. It's like the leaders are like nodding along with me and being like, yes, like this is what's headed for y'all. Um, so yeah, there were ways I could see, um, that they responded to those, um, and I had some students um, come up to me afterwards and say some things. One that from another church today was like, hey, I really love that. And she like gave me a hug and I mm-hmm. don't even know who this girl is. <laughs> um, so I think something resonated um, mm-hmm. with her that was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was just really interesting to see kind of, I guess the different ideas that students were coming up with when we were talking through like what is restful and refreshing to them. And then I also asked them questions about like what's draining to them. And they were actually able to come up with some like really good examples and recognizing like, hey, like guilt is draining to me. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm dealing with guilt um, and I was like, yeah, you're trying to manage so much stuff about like shame and guilt and trying to not get embarrassed. Like that does take a lot of energy. Yeah. Right. And like we're going to have freedom from that when we experience mm-hmm. like the full rest in the new heavens and the new earth. And um yeah you know sometimes middle schoolers just surprise you with the depth of their answers in that way i was going to say that same thing is that we can underestimate Uh just how deeply they're thinking and yeah i mean i mean what you just said i mean that is so profound and Mm -hmm. it's just encouraging to know that middle schoolers are thinking like that and that we need to be cautious of how we can just assume that you know they're not even thinking about this or they're not you know um, have much depth in this category. So now that's mm-hmm. an, encouraging to hear. And just thank you for, for serving RYM by you know, teaching this week. I know students are going to be blessed by it. Um, Linda and I are about to take a break and we're going to talk about chat GPT on the other side of the break. Uh, but for now, let's take a little break. Hey everybody, just a reminder that RYM has produced a new devotional with New Growth Press entitled Social Media Pressure, Finding Peace Alongside Jesus. Uh, For the month of July, they are extending the discount of 30% off. Uh, If you go to newgrowthpress.com and you enter the code RYM30, you get 30% off. That is only uh, lasting for uh, the month of July. So you've got one more month to do this, uh, newgrowthpress.com, RYM30, to get 30% off. This is a devotional written for teenagers, but it's really kind of a small group study in a lot of ways. You can, youth leaders, parents can use this alongside uh, teens. Uh, so we hope it's a, a, a blessing to you, to families, to churches. All right, I'm back here with Linda, and as I said at the beginning, we don't know if Kurt's going to join us or not. He might jump in on this conversation uh, about ChatGPT. Um, and I was just telling Linda too, uh, I'm I'm fairly ignorant to ChatGPT, and I, Linda, I don't think you would say you're an expert. Not no. an expert, no. Okay, but, but definitely more knowledgeable uh, than I am. Um, so, uh, you know what I thought? I, I don't even have a description of ChatGPT. Do you have anything pulled up if you don't? I can um, ask ChatGPT what it is right now. Hey, there you go. Why don't you do that? Because you've got a computer. And I will say, as you're typing that, uh, Kurt 
just texted. He's on his way. So he'll be entering in this conversation, which uh, should be interesting. Okay, so here we okay. go. ChatGPT is an AI-based conversational agent powered by OpenAI's GPT, generative pre-trained transformer technology. Hmm. It's designed to engage in natural language conversations with users, providing responses and generating text based on the input it receives. Um, it's trained on a vast amount of text data to learn patterns, context, linguistic structures, enabling it to generate coherent and contextually appropriate responses. Um, so yeah, there you go. So um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. That I think you know many people have have heard about it. Um, it's been out a little while. I don't even know when I first heard about and and the name to me i was just kind of like chad gpt where did that you know come from it's not very catchy i don't know i feel i don't know it's just it's kind of strange but yeah people have used it to write papers for a certain class mm -hmm. uh, people have used it to write music lyrics um there's research you can do from it and you know we'll talk a little bit i mean there's definitely some some helpful aspects to it some pros to it but then obviously some some concerns um but before we we did this. Um, I actually went to Chat GPT and I said, uh, "Make a script for the local youth worker podcast by Reformed Youth Ministries." And so Chat GPT created a um, script. And I was trying to, yeah. Kurt's about to walk in right now, so hang on just one second, everybody. Kurt, we're already recording, but I've already told our listeners that you were gonna that you probably got tied up with dealing with stuff uh, with students, so you can just. Jump into this conversation as we're talking about chat GPT. Um, do you want to say hello, Kurt? Hey, guys. <laughs> um, and I don't even know if you're able to tell us what, were you having to deal with student stuff? Is it something to share or not to share? Um, I, was watching like, our, I was watching our students play basketball, uh, and nice. uh, they were in a heated game, and I was just got excited about watching them play. So Who, who won? Oh, they did. They won seven to one. So, <laughs> wow, okay. Nice, very nice. Um, so, Kurt, I was just telling our listeners, we kind of, Linda explained, well, gave the definition of ChatGPT that ChatGPT created. Um, I'd actually asked ChatGPT to create a podcast script for the local youth worker. And here's just a little portion of what it came up with. And we've got some other things we'll, we'll share. But um, it says, yeah, host. Our guest today is a remarkable individual who has dedicated their life to empowering and guiding the youth in our town. They are a local hero, a mentor, and a true advocate for the dreams and aspirations of, of our young generations. Please welcome Linda Oliver, Kurt Cooper, uh, the passionate youth workers. And then there's applause for sound effects, and then it's host again. Thank you for joining us today. We are thrilled to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be a part of this podcast. Let's start by delving into your journey as a youth worker. What inspired you to embark on this path? Well, John, it all began <laughs> when I realized the immense potential and talent within the young people of our community. I wanted to create a positive impact and be a catalyst for their personal and social development. Witnessing the challenges they faced, such as a lack of opportunities and guidance, ignited a fire within me to become a youth worker. Y'all right. see how this, y'all see how... Now listen, I'm not, I know AI is listening, so I'm not like talking trash to AI. Please don't delete me. <laughs> but but y'all see how literally you could, this is a Mad Lib, right? 
um, where, you know, this is, it's amazing. I'm not saying it's bad, like necessarily that it's bad or not good technology, but it is also, I mean, you could change out so much of what this is so interchangeable, mm-hmm. right? This is, mm-hmm. um, that, that has nothing to do with what we do. Right. Right. Um, one, nothing was mentioned about spirituality at all. Right. right? Which tells you something about the people who are programming it. Um, well, and a little bit too, let's also add to the fact that, I mean, the local youth worker podcast isn't Joe Rogan's podcast. You know, mm-hmm. it's not very well known. So the mm-hmm. AI that's out there searching the web, sure. who knows what all that, you know, that they're able to actually find out about the local youth worker. But, you know, that went on for a little bit, the mm-hmm. script. I mean, there's more to it. And then you can, I think, click again, like generate more. So some of this is we're kind of explaining mm-hmm. how, how some of this works. And mm-hmm. I do, before um, I forget, I, I, right before we recorded this, I was sitting down with Jeremy Britt. And he told me about this resource I want to just point out to everybody. Greg Lanier is a professor at RTS Orlando. And here's just a tweet that was sent out. Um, He says, several have asked for links to the material. It's probably out of date by now since everything is moving so fast, but here you go. So he had given an RTS presentation. Um, Let's see if there's a title. Chat GPT AI and Reform Theological Seminary. I guess is all that it's labeled. But uh, he gave a presentation at RTS, and it's based off of a four-week Sunday school class series that he did at his church. And you can, I mean, if you just go find Greg Lanier on Twitter, he's got that link there. Ligon Duncan shared it. Okay. It is L-A-N-I-E-R. And just kind of reading the link out riveroakschurch.com if you go there you should be able to find his sunday school series but riveroakschurch.com they have audio as well as um i think the keynote presentation so he's put all that out there so i wish i would have known about this before we recorded because it would have been nice to kind of read through some of that um but just as people are trying to think through um, some of Chad GPT, it's just, uh, that, that could be a helpful resource. I'm sure with an RTS professor uh, doing that. Um, yes, Kurt. I was just going to say that since we're talking about it, when I first discovered Chat GPT, I went there and I asked like all the typical questions that you might ask it, like do something like this, create some, write a story about this, do something like this. But then, you know, as we were talking about it as a youth staff, um, I think Shay, my, um, co-worker said, I wonder if we would write a sermon. And I was like, all right, you could give it a passage. So I was like, write a sermon based on the prodigal son and the story of the prodigal son and Luke. And it did. Yeah. And it wasn't that good of a sermon, I would say. Um, the, uh, so I'm not, I mean, again, I'm not threatening the AI to come for my job, but at the same time, uh, it did write it. And I think, you know, this, this is the, the the big thing for us yeah. is that our students are going to be tempted to or even encouraged to outsource a lot of their education to an AI bot. Yeah, for sure. And and Linda, I do want you to jump in um, before, since you said that, Kurt, there's an article I wanted to reference um, on the Gospel Coalition written by Aaron Shamp. But the title is Why Chat GPT Can't Produce Great Sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it, I mean, I, I see, I haven't gotten to read this, but uh, I mean, he quotes um, Martin Lloyd Jones talking about logic on fire, that it just is going, it's going to miss um, uh, 
uh, yeah, just the passion behind mm-hmm. preaching. But and I thought too, if I have time, I'll put the links in the show notes of this podcast. I might not have time, so the linear resource I talked about earlier. Um, Linda, you kind of brought this topic up to me to mm-hmm. talk about, and I think it's some of you you had seen a, a um, uh, messaging group or mm-hmm. whatever uh, talking about that. I can't well, messaging group. That's not a Facebook group. Yeah, Facebook yeah. group. I was like, can't think <laughs> of the word. Thanks. Yeah. Facebook, it's this social media platform. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's all the rage. <laughs> so yeah, Linda, why don't you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so so I am not typically like an early adopter of technologies and stuff and was not using ChatGPT until somewhere, I think it was in May, I came across two things. So first I was with um, a couple that I'm friends with and they said, hey, yesterday we used ChatGPT to come up with a meal plan for our family. They have like three kids and a fourth on the way and they eat like paleo and like a few and they were like give us a meal plan that's like for five people kid friendly like paleo whatever other like other stipulations they had like for a week and then like tell us what we need to buy at the grocery store and my friend said it saved her an hour that's amazing and i was that's the the first time i was like oh wait this sounds potentially useful in some ways to Mm -hmm. my life as you're saying that, yeah. it, you know, what came across my mind is there are so many things in life where people, maybe I'm projecting myself onto other people, but I think this is a common experience. There's so many things in life where someone's like, I would really like to be able to do X or Y or Z, right? Like this thing I would like to, but I just don't know how to get started. Mm-hmm. Right? Like one thing that comes to mind yep. right now is it's like, okay. I'd really like to uh, get in shape. I'd like to. I'd like to run a marathon, or I'd like to uh, get ripped. I don't know. I mean, I like you know, but I just don't really know where to begin. Mm-hmm. Right now, that has usefulness, right? right? Because now you're um, basically combing the um, the internet, or the AI is combing the internet mm-hmm. to give you an answer to something. Because that that sounds more to me like Google 2.0. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Like, is this a threat to Google? Are people not going to, to search things anymore when you can just get the answer? Yeah. yeah, it's like you just said, Kurt, they own right. it. So I'd love for you to continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's interesting to hear. I mean, just how you kind of came across, right. like, here's some usefulness for it. Yeah. So I heard that. And then somewhere within the next week, um, there's, uh, if people are familiar with Youth Pastor Theologian, uh, Mike McGarry runs that ministry. And they have a Facebook group that I'm in and someone had just posed the question like, hey, has anyone found useful ways to use ChatGPT um, for your work as, as a youth worker? And people were throwing out these different ideas. Um, one was like, yeah, I, um, I've used it to generate discussion questions based on a passage or on something. And they're like, you know, sometimes it comes up with horrible ones, but it'll give me like, if I ask for 12, it'll give me two that are actually decent. Um, one person said like that they were doing something talking about evangelism with their students and they wanted to come up with these like fictional characters to talk with their students about how to evangelize different kinds of people. And so they were able to ask chat GPT to come up with people who had like real kind of backstories and then, um, use that in that setting with the students. Um, a lot of people were saying, yeah, it's good for kind of admin work, like tell it hey, I need you to write an email or an announcement or a social media post 
um, telling people to do this at this time, whatever. And it might not give you exactly how you want to word it, but it gives you a really good start. And then you can edit it from there. And so that's where I was like, oh, okay, like what else? And I started, I, I listened to a podcast and I think I read a handful of things online that just gave a lot of tips on like, here's how to use it for things. It's all about the kinds of prompts that you give it. Mm-hmm. And the better prompt you give it, the better output you can give. So you can tell it like, hey, here's this information and like copy and paste it and then say, but explain that to me like I'm five. Mm. And then it'll explain it to you. So I use this with my elective and there's an illustration that I stole from AJ Swoboda um, that I think he actually talked about on this podcast years ago about the concentration camps and Mm -hmm. how rest in the top concentration camps like gave the Jews their spirits back. And I was like, okay, I can't remember at what age you learn about concentration camps. So I need to be prepared to explain to middle schoolers what those are. Mm and i was like how do i define that and i was like i'll just ask chat gpt wow. and i asked it and then it gave me kind of a complicated answer and i said can you reword that in a way that a middle schooler would understand and it gave me a great answer Unreal. and that's basically the wording that i used man like yeah that's amazing and it's awesome but it's scary at the same time mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure that's like everybody's response to to chat gpt yeah kurt john when you say that it's scary Tell me why it scares you. Because a lot of people say that, but I think yeah. we should talk more. I, well, I mean, I think something that comes to mind, like, I mean, just an analogy. I just, I just think of the ring of power from the Lord of the Rings. It's like, you know, we can, it's powerful, but we can use this for good. And it's like this Chad GPT has this power, but it's like, <laughs> Kurt's just laughing at me. But it's like, I know the human heart, obviously. And so that's mm-hmm. what's scary. It's like when this gets in our hands, <laughs> it's just, he's just the Rolodex of like insults and jokes he can make towards <laughs> me. And he's just literally biting his tongue right now. So, um, But yeah, that's some of it. And maybe also just thinking uh, how replaceable we can become with this. I mean, we're, we're already seeing, and you know, I'm thinking of Ben Sass's book, them uh, i can't remember if I've, I've referenced this before but he said you know back in the day um when uh atms came out banks were concerned and, and various people were because it replaced tellers and it was kind of like you know what did what were they needed for but he said what that did was it forced people to get you know other education in various ways and move up in the banking world and so with mm. new technology Yes, while it can be concerning and uh, replace people in many ways, it also creates new opportunity for others. Mm-hmm. So while some of it kind of concerns me, um, I don't know, that's kind of rambly, but Kurt, go ahead and respond to that. Well, I just I just <laughs> like the idea of John busting into Google's offices, trying to find, I put that in the air quotes, chat GPT so he can throw it in the fires of Mount Behum. Oh. Ron, Ron Swanson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where is it? Where is the internet? I need to grab it. Uh, but uh, I'm also reminded of something from the office, just get all the cultural references out of the way. Um, when Ryan is telling Michael that the paper business is going, you know, is a dying industry. And Michael says, the paper business is people and people will never go out of business. Mm. And so understanding that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, what scares me about ChatGPT is how it could be 
what scares me is how it could be misused, mm-hmm. you know, and not just chat GPT, but the way that AI can do um, uh, these things where it, it, do it in someone's voice, right? Yeah. Like they've already got you know, some Your celebrities face. like reading Mein Kampf, you know, like um, they've got like, I think Hermione Granger reading Mein Kampf, um, you know, they've got uh, th- that, that's the part, you know, and it, so if the audio is there and the text is there, it won't be long until the video is there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, given what else has happened on the internet. But, I mean, the next presidential election, I mean, mm-hmm. what all are we going to see? What, whatever candidate's saying, whatever doing, whatever. And it's just, what can you believe? What, what is truth? Yeah, and I, I would just remind everyone, although I don't have any faith that anyone will hold on to this axiom, I think it's true when we deal with Computers, even with AI, powerful computers. Our business administrator at our church has this phrase about our database where we keep all the information about our members, their contacts, their addresses. He says, garbage in, gospel out. Hmm. He says all the time, so garbage in, gospel out. When you put something in the database, regardless of its, like the, the uh, trustworthiness of that information, it becomes the gospel. Wow. It becomes difficult to change. Um, because people trust it, right? And so what we put into AI in order to affect the way it thinks scares me more than the actual capabilities of the programming or the software itself, if that makes sense. Is that it could be used, we, it could be used to, like you said, to kind of subvert the idea of what truth is. And it already is probably being used for that. So. That's what scares me about it. But I also think it's kind of cool when you can say like, not, not that this is worth it. The risk is definitely not worth the reward. But, you know, when you can say like, show me a picture of two puppies playing in grass, you know, in or, you know, on a winter day. And, uh, and it will just like generate a picture um, of that. It's pretty astounding. Yeah. No, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, you were just ending on some positives. And I felt like we were getting negative very quick. But, I mean, Linda, you were like beginning highlighting just the, the meal plan and then mm-hmm. how you've used it with even some of your illustrations. Mm-hmm. Any other positives that you've thought about or even from that Facebook group um, that you that you read? Um, I can't remember anything else specifically from the Facebook group. Um, I mean, I did put out in that discussion, I was like, why don't we use it to help come up with like meal ideas for our, like, there have been so many times I've had to navigate, how do I come up with a meal that accommodates the fact that I have a gluten-free student and a vegan student and like if chat GPT could just help me with that, like that would be great. Um, but a lot of the other things I was finding were giving it prompts like, Hey, like, here's this thing I wrote, like, can you reword it to end on an urgent note or make it more condensed or make it more abstract or give me more illustrations or things like that. And you can tell it to like become a certain persona. So like pretend you're, an expert in adolescent development and tell me how to describe this to a high school student or what mm-hmm. like anything like that. You could be an expert in anything and you could follow it up with more prompts and make it reword things and give you more specifics. And that's sort of the things that it can be helpful for um, in what I've been reading and, um, and listening to on podcasts and, and then obviously there's a lot of other stuff you don't want to use it for that it can be dangerous with. Yeah, let, let me, and then I'll, I'll go to you, Kurt. Um, just kind of along those lines too. I remember I asked 
a group of my students, um, if they had used chat GPT mm -hmm. for any papers or whatever. And then one student who's a good student, not, not a cheater, um, but was just saying that he actually got chat GPT to make a study guide from mm -hmm. a certain book, you know, and um, he had some more prompts in there to be more specific, but you know, it generated that and he used it to help right. study and prepare. So it's like, it took some of, you know, some work and responsibility on him, but he also used that for something good. Or you want to say I was just, you know, one of the things that we do in youth ministry oftentimes is we, we, or one of the hard things to do because they don't teach you this in seminary or anywhere is like, oh, well, I wonder what kind of like icebreaker game we can do. Mm -hmm. um, now, I, I've done that too. I've posted in jet, I'm typed in the jet chat GPT, give me an icebreaker game for teenagers, for sixth graders. Mm -hmm. And it will give you, or give me a, a list of icebreaker games that you think would be good for. Uh, so that's just one other like kind of positive degree. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's, again, that's more like the Google 2.0 usage. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, you know, this is still so early. And I think, Linda, you're right, of just being cautious mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, a new technology because, I mean, it does seem like there's going to be some usefulness. I think researching, as people have said, there's, you know, a lot of ways in which it can be helpful in research. Um, you know, I mean, an obvious kind of concern is just laziness, you know, um, that so much. And I think of, you know, teaching and preaching and just, you know, meditating on God's word. I mean, it's exactly that. It takes time. You just sit there, you're praying, you're thinking, you're letting your mind just kind of wander, you know, and um, yeah, th this just kind of removes that. And uh, I just think over time, you know, not only people in the ministry, but we think of our students growing up, them losing some of these uh, skills and abilities to, to, you know, stretch their minds and to just sit and reflect and things like that. And so, yeah, I can just see a lot of people that their week's busy, they don't have time, and they just use chat GPT to help produce some kind of lesson. And then over time, they just know, hey, that's the easier route. I'm just going to start doing that, you know, all the time. Um, so well, and it's a concern. Not not to disagree, but um, that, you, can, you can disagree, Kurt. That's well, right. not it's not so much a disagreement as it is um, kind of an aside to that. Is while that may be a threat, it doesn't really worry me because people are already stealing sermons, yeah, that's and true. Um, they're already <laughs> uh, and they're not they don't need Chat GPT to do that. They're going and looking up old sermons from people that they've liked from like the eighties yeah. or the nineties, and mm -hmm. just and not doing. Uh, the work. I, I, um, I feel the need to say that I don't do that. Um, I don't know why, um, but anyone who's ever heard me preach would know that's the case. One, not only can I not be stealing from someone, but no one would ever steal from me. That's my goal. Like, <laughs> well, it, it's funny you bring that up. I mean, I don't know, funny, but uh, I mean, well, when I was in college, the, the church I was attending, the, the pastor, um, yeah, was plagiarizing sermons and that's just yeah. public that's out there i mean that's known yeah so i mean and this is you know dates me but i mean earlier stages of the internet here so that was still happening before chat gp2 but i just think i mean this is just going to pour fuel on the fire of that so look we do need to start wrapping this up i think um you always say that <laughs> do you uh but what about i mean positive thoughts about chat gpt concerns about chat gpt or i mean do you guys want to steer this conversation in other ways we're kind of landing the plane a little bit just thoughts about our students thoughts about youth workers specifically anything that just comes to mind that's pertinent to this conversation 
hurt Linda? I have one. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of thoughts that come to mind. Like, I maybe it was the podcast I was listening to um, was talking about how again, like this is going to kind of change the way that we do some things um, and create new possibilities. And so, like, obviously, schools are having to think through this. And I was hearing that in some places, um, teachers or professors are all already saying, "Okay, like, I'm just going to tell you to use AI." and you have to show your work to me so you have to show me like what prompts you gave it and stuff or they could say like hey ask chat gpt to write an essay on this and then i need you to critique and edit that essay hmm. and so they're they're finding ways to wow. work it into things and i just wonder where that's going to go and how we're going to see that with students and the conversations we're going to end up ha having because yeah it's like if if schools and probably other entities are not kind of on top of that then yes it can be used left and right for cheating and one of the issues too is that sometimes it actually outputs information that's false and then you can say like actually is that true and it'll be like yeah it is but then you fact check it and it's false um so it, it acts as if it's really confident when it actually shouldn't be confident wow. yeah all right and just piggybacking on that and then kurt jump in um do we know is there any is are the people behind chat gt chat gpt trying to put in any like boundaries or um you know blockers for i mean plagiarism and things like that like anything i mean just you know we think of other social media platforms that are trying to put uh various um you know uh firewalls whatever i'm trying to say uh but anyway i'm just curious do y'all know of anything well i mean this is not a political podcast, but I don't know how much you've read about the people who are doing chat GPT, but they definitely, okay, well, they definitely come from one side of the aisle and some of the things that you fact check, for instance, um, how about a, like a not charged topic like race? That's like a, that's like a not very charged topic. If you were to say to chat GPT, all the time we have for today, listen, if you were to say to chat GPT, What's great about being a black person? Tell me what's awesome about being a black person. It will write you an essay about how awesome it is to be a, a person of African descent. If you say what's great about being a white person, it will not write you an essay about how great it is to be of European descent. It will, it will instead um, uh, check your privilege. <laughs> uh, if you say, and so look, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to let jump into that conversation in any way, but clearly that is not a unbiased arbiter of you know, when you can do that. If you say to it again, not a political podcast, but if you say, why was Barack Obama a good president? It will write you a paragraph about how good of a president Barack Obama was. If you ask it, why Donald Trump was such a good president, it will not write you a, a paragraph about and, and that it, or it will write it will what it will say about him will not highlight anything good that he possibly could have achieved. Um, that criticism will not be there for Barack Obama, that it will be almost all criticism for Donald Trump. So. So do you, do you know that for a fact? I mean, I've you, seen it. You, I've seen it. Did you did you no. enter that in? But it's out there. I've I've seen posts of people entering stuff like that. Wow, that's now, interesting. Now, 
the internet's always changing. That could be different now. But, you know, one of the real reasons to be suspicious, again, garbage in, gospel out. And I'm not saying that any of those things that it's doing are garbage, but let's just be clear about what's happening here, right? This is where my cynicism helps me, right? Um, you know, most of the time it is something that I have to drag along. It's my thorn in the flesh. But this is where my cynicism really helps me because when you start to ask it some difficult questions, uh, all of a sudden the biases and the people who are helping, you know, helping it, you start to see um, maybe some of the cracks in the veneer. Sure. Yeah. So, um, Kurt, remind me your email and phone number you want to share yeah, with our listeners. I'll just edit this out later. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, yeah. Um, hot, not a hot take. I mean, that's just, it's shocking to think about that. And it's like, I, my mind hadn't gone in that direction yet, but that, that makes sense. And I hope all those who are listening just hear, I mean, what, what you're saying is just, this is, I mean, go ahead, Kurt. I was just say, now, even if you're listening to this right now and you think, yeah, black people are awesome and white people are terrible and Barack Obama was awesome and Donald Trump was terrible. That's fine if you have that opinion, right? But most of the people listening to this are Christians, okay? So think about that for just one second and about uh, Christianity and its place in uh, the world and what people who are against some of the things that Christ taught and how they could affect the way that people hear about Jesus through ChatGPT. They don't, that's a, that's a distorted revelation of who Christ is. So even if you were to be, even if you were to agree with all of that ideologically um, that I said before, that's fine. But this, that's why it's a concern, right? So. That, that's exactly where my mind went of just yeah, Christianity and getting on ChatGPT and asking it all sorts of things about Jesus, the Bible, whatever. Um, Linda, did you have any thoughts too you want to share? Uh, yeah, well, because like everything that you tell and ask ChatGPT is adding to its model of what it knows, right? And so then what it will therefore spit out in the future. And I th- like, because I'm hearing stuff like, don't give it personal information about you because it. But that feels so over my head. I'm like, how does that, how can I affect the future of it? That's so mind boggling to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I mean, it's just, you know, as we talk about revisionist history, you know, it's just who's writing. You said something recently. I can't remember what it was, Kurt. You read an article or something. You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and share that. Um, Everyone in the, everyone has noticed, everyone with eyes, has noticed that 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 the people who deliver our news have a slant one way or another, right? Uh, everyone has noticed that. Anyone who would argue otherwise just doesn't watch any news. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like that's even a hot take, right? Uh, that everyone has, you know, that the people are not robots who are delivering us the news. And people have noticed that some of the news is not right is 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 not the truth right uh you know uh i mean a classic meme about this uh, you know another charged topic but i mean is the mostly peaceful protest okay the, you know and it's a picture of a guy in front of a huge raging fire and it says mostly pe- i mean everyone has seen it right and it's like well that's a lie okay like that or or that lacks context at least that lacks an, an abundance of context 
And some people have argued that what that noticing, having noticed that now, people are reading that back into history, right? And an example of this would be like, uh, someone might say this, they might say, well, the media favors certain sides in ideological debates and caters the news or certain networks cater the news toward these people. So I wonder if the media were doing that when those students were shot at Kent State. I wonder if those Kent State students who were shot in the 60s really were just peacefully protesting, hmm. right? Now, you might be like, well, that's a conspiracy theory. That's ridiculous. Whatever. That's fine. Again, don't care. Um, just I, I, I delivered to you as I've received. Um, but, but think about the context of that with the scriptures, okay? If we must question all of history, and nothing can be taken at face value. Well, most obviously that's problematic for us because we must question whether Jesus even existed. Not that people haven't already done that, but you know, or that what he said is not what he meant, you know, or you know, or what he meant was not what he said, or how people took it, or mm-hmm. that Paul didn't understand the message, or he was, you know, he never really was converted. He was, you know, you see how, and it, that is a rabbit hole that the more and more that that happens, the more and more we question, you know, even things that were televised, mm-hmm. right? And so that that is a concern. And, and that we are affecting AI and how it reports to us what is true, as crazy as Linda, as Linda said, as crazy as it is, but that is undercutting and chipping away at our trust in some things that we would consider foundational. So that is concerning. Yeah, yeah it's, it's concerning for sure, for sure. It's sobering. And I think maybe a positive spin on this too is, you know, I was thinking, you know, Sam Alberry has been on this podcast a couple of times and, um, you know, he's one who struggles with same-sex attraction and has written about that and is celibate and um, does not shy away from uh, holding a biblical view of, of sexuality. But as these issues have come up, all the LGBTQ spectrum, it has sharpened the church on what we think, you know, and, and study. And I just... Similarly, I mean, everything you just described, Kurt, um, if if history is beginning to be questioned, I mean, hopefully that's going to sharpen the church in many ways to to truly know what it is we believe, to truly know the scriptures, to truly know, again, church history. Um, for some of us, obviously, for, for others, not. But yeah, concerning, but then how the Lord can use that to, to sharpen us. Linda, Kurt, do you all have anything else to add as we, we close this out? Any thoughts? Jesus is stronger than AI. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Jesus is stronger than AI. That's a good good way to end. Uh, Kurt, Linda, Linda, I thanked you earlier for teaching. Kurt, you've been teaching this week. And so just thank you both for serving RYM by teaching the students that are here. Thank you both for taking time out of a crazy week to sit down and to record this conversation. Um, Maybe we'll have a follow-up one of these days when uh, ChatGPT 2.0 comes out. The big, the big, the big thing is that when I walked in here and John and Linda were beginning the interview, they have the air conditioner off in here in Florida when it's a million degrees because they don't want there to be any noise. And so I just want—they've been in here longer than I. I have sacrificed to make this podcast, but they've sacrificed even more. And I didn't want anyone <laughs> to know 
I don't want anyone to be missing that knowledge that you guys really sacrificed. I, I didn't even notice, but also I live in Florida, so I'm probably used yeah, to it. Really, yeah. <laughs> so I cranked it down before and tried to get it cooler and then bumped it up. So I want to be cutting on because anyone who's been to Laguna knows all of these rooms are small and the air conditioners sound like a jet engine taking mm -hmm. off. You know I mean? It's just, it's crazy. So yeah, that's, that's for you listeners. Um, hey, Linda, Kurt, it was a lot of fun talking to you guys. Oh